What's up, everybody? This is Marlins in-game host, Mike B., and you're listening to Fish Across the Pond, Marlins UK podcast with Peter Pratt. Cheers from the 305. Welcome to episode 99 of Fish Across the Pond. It's a Marlins UK podcast, and I am your host, Peter Pratt. Joining me for this one, two UK goats are in the house. Lead off, lead on, <laughs> returns. Technical issues are gone. New laptop yeah. new device is here. <laughs> Lee, how are we doing? Yeah, you know, I'm good, as, all, as always, once again. <laughs> good, man. Listen, I'm back. Man. That camera is full <laughs> HD. Full HD camera now, yeah. No. New laptop. I'm ready. Love it, mate. Love it. Well, great to have you back, buddy. And just in time for next yep. week, because you know next week is a big one. But uh, yeah, great to have you back, buddy. And, be back. and joining us, of course, as well, uh, what's been the ever-present, I'd say, Sean Barrett as well. Sean, how are we doing? Yeah, it's good to be back. Uh, an unusual day for us. We're out of our rotation, so let's hope we're not quite as rusty as uh, Rogers was the other day. Oh boy, yeah, there was you know push back a few days. It didn't help him, did it? No doubt. Um, but guys, episode ninety nine. Looking forward to this one. We're gonna go. We're gonna have a slightly different format for this one. We've decided because we've got so much that's coming out on Tuesday next week for episode one hundred. It's there's more analysis. You'd be drowning in analysis. Is that much of it to come? So we're going to go slightly different. We're just going to, each of us have come, we've come prepared, fully prepared with one topic, one theme, one question, however you want to phrase it. And we're going to go around the horn, throw those topics out to, to us. We'll, we'll kind of spitball it, see where we land, and then round things off if there's any other business after, uh, after we've got through them three. So with that being said, uh, lead off Lee Dobbs, I give you the honor if you are yeah. if you are ready and um, I can go, yeah. You take it away, buddy. <laughs> yeah, I say, well, you know, my question is gonna be on the pitching side, you know, of the Marlins. I mean, we know we've got three studs, you know, right now, you know, Pablo, Sandin, and, and Trevor. Now the question is, do we sign Sandy long term, you know, now? After he's he's had such a good good run this last last month or so now, you know, is he the ace ace for the future? You know, so is is he the first one of those those three to be signed long you know, long term, mm-hmm. or do we do we deal one of them them three you know really high now and get a, get a massive you know like you know you know return for it, but or or should we we sign but is Sand you know is Sandy the main man you know of those three? Oh boy, oh boy. Listen, I'm going to have to let Sean Barrett have first stabs because <laughs> I could take that off in too many directions. So I'll, I'll let Sean add a bit of, you know, a bit of balance to this argument and then I'll pile in. So, yeah, I think I think what you're leading me towards, Pete, is how <laughs> I'm the, the glass half empty guy. Uh, and I wear that like a crown, unfortunately. Uh, do we sign Sandy to a long-term contract? Um, no. He's on the league minimum this year. We'll have him three years of arbitration. That's going to see us through his age 29 season. If we do, 
sign him to a long-term contract now, we're looking at five maximum. I don't see a crazy seven-year contract into his early 30s pitching. Um, it's unreliable. Uh, anything can happen with the arm. Throwing a ball like Sandy does at 99 and a half miles an hour quite frequently is taxing on the body. And the Marlins aren't in a position to sign a player to a seven-year contract and have that go wrong. Uh, you can you can look at uh, the Tampa Bay Rays and some of the absolute stud pitching that they've let go because once a pitcher gets to 30, they, they, they've got no interest in him. Sandy is the number one pitcher for us. Um, just, I mean, Pablo has a higher strikeout potential, but when you watch Sandy pitch, he's one pitch away from a double play. He's, his ground ball profile is just, it's, it's, it's so fun to watch because you know that as soon as he gets into a little bit of trouble, he can get out of it with one pitch of the ball. Uh, so I think he is definitely the number one pitcher for us. But unfortunately, yeah, I don't see uh, a pre-arbitration deal for Sandy at this point. Oh, so we've had a lot of hashtags going this year. We've had, yeah. <laughs> no, let's think back. We started the year with pay BA. Where yeah, it started, it I, I haven't heard PBA mentioned for, for weeks, <laughs> probably because he's on the 60 day, but you know, no PBA. Then it's flipped up to pay Marte. And I think we've all kind of dampened our expectations around that, um, <laughs> that, that possibility. And I think because of the performance of the team, the likelihood is they, they cash in that player, um, you know, before the deadline, which is in reality, probably the right thing to do. He'll still be a free agent. So yeah. <laughs> they can still go negotiate with Marte. You know, once it's unlikely he'll be dealt and they'll sign it, you know, whoever deals for him signs him, it probably will probably go to free agency. So the Marlins can still do that. Anyway, going off on a tangent already. <laughs> the next hashtag has been pay Sandy. And I, the question I always have with these, with these uh, deals is, Unless it is a, you know, a, an absolute superstar of the game, someone that, you know, you know, your Mike Trout's, Acuna's, Tadises that are like on another level. I'm not sure why you would do it. Like what, what the point of buying out Arb is, particularly for, for Sandy. Like you've got Sandy locked up for three years more. Um. And in those three years, anything could happen. And so I'm, listen, I'd love the statement. This is what I'd love. I'd love a statement yeah. from the Marlins to signal to the fan base something positive. We're going to sign a player that is good long-term. <laughs> but I'm not really sure why they would do that or why it would make sense to do that. Clearly, the, the structure of the contract situation in the Major League is, well, the teams have too long in my opinion, they have too long of yeah. control over these players, fundamentally. And with that in mind, I, I don't see the need to extend Sandy now. I'd love for them to do it because I love Sandy. But the Marlins, I don't think, need to do it. Sean? So we talked a little bit, you talked just then about the pay BA, the pay, the pay Marte. Uh, one player that I don't see much traction actually with is Miggy Rowe. 
Miggy's not going to hit his either it's the at bat or plate appearance um, total because of the injury to get his vesting option for next year. The Marlins are going to have to renegotiate a new contract with Miguel Rojas. And or, or, or he doesn't play for us next year. <laughs> or he's dealt at the deadline too. <laughs> Get rid of that. There, there, would be, there would be riots on the streets. <laughs> yeah, it would not be popular. Um, interestingly, you've been thinking about that a lot today in terms of Miggy Rowe and the deadline and whatever. And when I think about that outcome, I think the Marlins value Miggy Rowe higher than any other organization would do. Yeah. And with that in mind, I don't feel like anyone will meet, meet the Marlins' price tag when it comes to it. The Marlins will set a level that, that, that that's their value, and I feel that no one will meet that. Yeah, like, I, I think, yeah, in terms of Miggy Rowe, he means, means more to us than, than he would do to anyone else. And he's, you know, his numbers aren't you know, outstanding that anyone's going to give up you know, much, you know, you know, a lot for him. Yeah, that, that would make it worth it for them, you know, it, you know, in my opinion. Correct. So, yeah, I, I, I think Miguel would, yeah, would take a lot to, you know, as you say, for, for, for him to be dealt now because yeah. he, he, means, he means so much to the team. And, you know, even, even though, though the team is, you know, is struggling, you know, I, I think losing him, you know, in the, in the clubhouse would be, a, you know, yeah, like a really bad, bad move. Yeah, agreed on that. And I just get the sense that there is no other Miggy Rose in, in the locker room or the clubhouse. There's, there's an Aguilar that is a different type of guy. He's a fun guy. He's a character mm-hmm. guy. But then a lot of the other vets, are, they, don't, they lead by what they do rather than kind of how they act and what they say is the sense. Mm-hmm. Like a Marte, he's the best player. But yes. I, I get the sense that Marte is like a more quieter lead by example on the field rather than in the clubhouse knocking heads together, yeah. you know, rousing the troops kind of thing. Like, I, I don't think there is another Miggy Rowe in the locker room because it's such a young locker room. Like, you look at it, our ace, Sandy, what is he? Is he 25? Mm. Pablo, 25. You know, the vet guys are the same age as some of the rookies that are coming up. Like, it's wild to think, but um, we've gone off on a tangent here already, which is, you know, standard. But, Lee, what's your take on it then, buddy? I mean, it's a great question to ask. Are you going to pay Sandy? Um, and I think me and Sean are kind of saying, on the business side, I'm not clear that it makes yeah, sense. Yeah, I say, I, you know, I would fall in you know, the same way, I think, by saying that there's no real need to sign him because of, because of the way that, that the baseball contracts are done. It, it's like saying, it, it seems so silly. You, know, you basically have a player for sort of six, you know, six years, you know, on, on the cheap. And, you know, it, it, it does seem silly. So there's no reason why. The only reason I'd say, though, is if they're not going to pay him, then they need to spend what, you know, what they would have spent on him somewhere else, which I think is what, what the fans get most sort of, you know, like annoyed at, mm. is that even though they're not paying them yeah, they're still not signing the big free agents or anything like that. Yeah, to sort of to cover that, it's it's sort of like in the NFL, teams win nowadays with a young quarterback. You know, and that is their window because they have the quarterback on such a cheap cheap deal. 
So yeah. then, so then you you build around him him for lost for sort of four four or five years until he gets his big you know you know, you know hundred million dollar contract, and then and then then you then you you have to find a way way like around around the salary cap you now more more harder. So yeah, the Marlins Marlin should should be doing that. Is thinking you know we, we we've got these 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 pitchers you know cheap for the next three four years. You know the, the window is there now. You know. Before we we have to pay them, you know, or lose them. So, you know, hopefully, if we're not going to sign, you know, you know, Sandy long term, then we need to, you know, spend spend that that money somewhere else. Which, you know, hopefully, they do. But, you know, mm. I'm, I'm not 100 percent confident that that they will. Well, not to <laughs> not to go off on another tangent, but <laughs> just thinking on more the broader, you know, the. I guess the overall spend. Let's assume, right? Let's let's just assume right now. Listen, we know Dickerson's not going to be back. Let's assume that Marte and Aguilar are dealt as well at the deadline. So that effect, like I think they're saying Aguilar's maybe projected R bat, let's say just 10 million for round numbers. Marte's 12 comes off the books. Dickerson's what eight or nine or whatever he's on this year. So there's 21 million plus you save uh, Aggies on four. So that's 25 million coming off the books there. Plus Yimmy Garcia is a free agent, at like, I don't know, 2 million. Detweiler. I, I mean, let's say they replace these dudes with, you know, some of the young guys that come up. Legitimately, the Marlins could have a competitive team here, like truly competitive, spending less than $30 million. Like, their payroll next year could be 30 million yeah. or less. Honestly, I could see that happening. Like, I mean, I don't know. It's wild to think that they could be doing it, but you're right, Lee, the, the analogy you used there is absolutely bob on for me. Like the NFL one of you've got your quarterback in his cheap rookie deal. That's the moment where you, yeah, you, you give him the tools to do what he needs. The Marlins right now, listen, they've got the quarterback on the rookie deal. They've got the star corner on a rookie deal. They've got the running back on a rookie deal and a defensive end. Listen, everyone's on rookie deals. Studs everywhere, rookie deals. Pay someone. Pay someone. Good Lord. New hashtag, you know, is pay someone. Pay anyone. <laughs> oh, dear. Lee, great topic though, buddy. I really like, I really like that one to dig into. Um, and on the back of that, Sean, I'll, I'll hand the baton over to you, buddy. And uh, we'll we'll keep it rolling. Yeah, so we've we've taken a look at the pitching. Um, so I suppose you know we we talk week in week out and go that the bats just haven't been there. Um, besides a couple of sort of blowout games where we've got real hot. So I suppose the question is what and I, I kind of want to avoid the the young guys, the rookie guys, because. We've just not seen enough. So maybe an unheralded older player. Where what are you seeing on the hitting side? Where you can say, "Hang on, actually, we might have something here." <laughs> unheralded older player. <laughs> <laughs> Love that description, um, Lee. What are you thinking? Who? I mean. Let's let's kind of come put some names out there that kind of fit that bracket. So not not the rookie guys, but more of the the vets, the vet pool. Yeah. So I guess we're working with, you know, 
the two catchers, um, Miggy Rowe, John Birdie, I guess the outfield excluding um, Jesus Sanchez. I guess that's your pool of hitters to work with, right? Yeah. I mean, I mean, Duval, you know, like saying, I mean, I've been impressed with him now, you know, more than, than I think I, you know, I was thinking you know, I would be. Mm. He's hitting, you know, you know, bombs. All the, I mean, that, that, that series, you know, in, in Chicago was just, you know, amazing. Yeah, you know, he's back now. I think he was he leading the National League in, in RBIs, I think, you know, yeah. right now or, or tied. So like I I mean, yes, we, we want we want the average to you know, like to be better. But coming in, we, we knew he he was gonna he was gonna be like that. And for me, if he hits you know, you know, you know like the home runs at that rate, then I'm I'm fine with, with like the low average. Then of course we have to decide for next season, you know, you know do we we keep him for, for next year? You know, is there a spot for him? Or I mean, or it's, it's, he might be be too be too too expensive now. You know, anyway. But yeah, yeah, you know, he has you know, you're like you're like, uh, come on now for me. Then you got Alfaro, who you know has come back now off like the IL. You know, you know, is settled in now. Yeah, you know, yeah, he for me is is doing you know like doing well. You know, you know now. You know, I've. I've I've been been impressed. I had some numbers there. Was it? Yeah, you know, he's, he's going okay. Still not showing the the power we we want. Up, you know, I think so. Maybe in the off season, you know, you know, we look at a catcher again. Uh, I'm not, you know, I'm not sure which you know which free agents that there are at catcher because that's for me. If we if we are going to make you know like going to make a move, then it will be at catcher. You know, in the off season. And as I say, I mean, I mean, we've just we've just discussed Miggy Rowe you know, already, really. You know, hopefully, you know, he won't get dealt, and hopefully, you know, we can sign him for next season uh, as well, more for his presence, you know, you know off the the field than than on it, really. But so yeah, the, the veterans, you know, they've done okay on the whole, I think. But obviously, the the team is is struggling. So maybe they they they've not really done enough yet, but I don't know. Yeah, it's hard to say to say which direction they're going to go in because they they probably will. You know, like will be dealt. I'll be surprised. You know, if some of them aren't aren't gone by by like July. Yeah, absolutely. So I just want to chip in here on 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 something. I first need to call out that the stat war wins above replacement as we mm-hmm. as we know. We know the stat. We know the the acronym, there's, there's something wrong with war. There must be, because I'm telling you, I've gone to Adam Duvall's stats for the year, right? And it reads to me right now that he's got a 1.5 war. I can tell you factually that is incorrect. It is, because I've seen Adam Duvall decide to just win games on his own at least yeah. four times this year, at least, if not 10 there's been games where Adam Duvall turns it on and becomes a stud and wins a ball game on his own. With that in mind, war, 1.5 war is wrong. It's wrong. Adam Duvall should be a four-war dude. I've seen him win four games. I don't know what that stat is. It's made up. Load of yeah, tribe. Anyway, <laughs> tribe stat. But you're right, Adam Duvall, he, he's exactly what he is and it, you know, was advertised. You know, Low average dude, hits for power and hits for power in bunches. He's fine. For me, though, 
I think we said this last week or maybe the week before. I can't remember, but I, there's teams that are going to be looking for that type of dude yeah. at the deadline. There really is. like There's guys that will see Duvall as the perfect you know, platoon, you know, outfielder, bench bat, whatever, you know, on a, you know, there is, you know, he is owed money next year. So it isn't straight up free agency. I think they need to buy out 3 million if they yeah. don't want to extend him, whatever. But, you know, listen, Duvall is what, you'll be what he is next year. There's no, he'll be the same guy. So Duvall's fine. I'm fine with that. Um, you touched on Georgie Alfaro. I, I've liked what I've seen from Georgie this year. I, I get the sense that he's working well with Sandy Leon. I like what Sandy Leon's kind of brought to the catcher's room. Let's say I feel like since Alfa, uh, you know, Alfaro and Sandy Leon have been working together, he's kind of kicked on a bit. Is the sense I get. Offensively, he's just hitting balls hard like he always has. Um, strikeout seems to be lower. Like it feels like it's lower. Yeah. I know we had a game earlier this week yeah. where he got, he got struck out above the zone. <laughs> over and over and over again. <laughs> and he's definitely got a bit of low and away stanton about him, hasn't he, for sure. Um, no doubt. But listen, I think Georgie, I think Georgie's fine. Um, I, I, I'd like to see the Marlins supplement Georgie with another similar rated, similar kind of yeah. quality guy. I think that's the problem is they kind of, you know, they're mixing and matching and, you know, Wallach and all the other guys we've had over the years. I'd like to just see them add another add another Alfaro in there, a similar kind of level. Um, and combined, the two of them, you know, will produce like a, a decent level, I think. Um, I'm intrigued. The other thing I'm intrigued about is what, what are we going to do? We talked about Mickey Rowe, but this free agent pool that's coming up, there's a lot of middle infielders knocking around. A lot of them. Expensive ones, no doubt. But they're, you know, we've just mentioned we've got 25 million coming off the books mm-hmm. this year, let's say. Um, we've got tons of outfielders. We don't, that's, I think that's half the problem is you don't want to have to pay Marte for four years in the outfield because A, you know, it's not the best position, you know, when you're 37 um, to be paying over 10 million or whatever it is. Um, secondly, the Marlins just got so many outfielders coming. What they haven't got, though, seemingly right now, is tons of middle infielders coming through. And I think kind of the San Diaz thing has scuppered things, in my opinion, where he's not kicked on. Miggy Rowe's still there. Jazz hasn't looked amazing at shortstop. Doesn't matter, really. Like, he, he looks more natural to me at second base, Jazz. <laughs> um, but it's not to say, you know, I think that's probably because he's been played out of position there a bit. And, you know, the game is quicker at short. He's been at second. What I'm thinking is, could the Marlins do something to get another, you know, another elite middle infielder and Miggy Rowe becomes the super util? That's kind of what's in my mind is, can Miggy Rowe become that, you know, every day, but across across the diamond type of dude? Hmm. Maybe. I know John Birdie's done that role, but, you know, I'm just kind of thinking... How do we take the Mar- how do the Marlins get to the next level? How do they get to the next level next year when the pitching's there? What tools can you add knowing what's coming? And I see the outfield, the depth is, is just so deep. So for me, and they, they clearly want to give Lewin Diaz a go at first base, clearly. Yeah. And I think he deserves a go. BA is still there. And you know, so the, 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 the obvious upgrade is a middle infielder dude that is a, a, 
uh, like a difference maker. I don't know. Spitballing. I've gone gone a few ways on that, but firstly, Sean Barrett, give me your view on war first as a stat. Well, <laughs> what is it good for? Uh, the, the, the joke was there. I was I was waiting for for the joke to be made. Yeah. I'm ready for you. Um, I'm I'm a sabermetrics guy, so um, maybe not so much war. I think war is it's it's trying to boil it down for the layman, you know. No one really cares about math and, you know, it's all for the nerds, uh, of which I am one. Um, so I think I think war is basically just a, a simplified way of saying this This guy's good, this guy isn't good, this guy's above replacement, this guy isn't. Um, but the actual calculation, which is obscene, uh, it's literally like pages and pages. Um but yeah, it's it's a useful number to a certain degree, um, but I think it is over oversimplified just to get to a number. There's no way you can boil down all the intricacies of baseball into one number um, and have that be overly accurate. I think I do sometimes get too heavily into the numbers, but you've also got to remember that this is a, this is a game played by human beings and there are things outside of the control that you can't, equate with mathematics um you know we can look at the return of miggy uh you know that that put a a bit of a spark in the team that's not gonna that's not gonna look on a batting lineup where you see went one for three that's that's that 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 value just isn't isn't put there in the math so yeah and um yeah and as you said duvall himself has literally won games with his bat um, and his defense, actually, mm. I think, I think the actual um, the numbers put him as a below average uh, defender. I don't see that when I watch him. That's for sure. Or me. Numbers must be wrong then. <laughs> <laughs> what about what about you then, Sean? In terms of you know to throw it back to you, you know Duval is what he is, but let's. I'd like to hear from you on Alfaro particularly and see where you think the Marlins go. Cause I, I do think that is, it is a decision that needs to be discussed or made. Um, not really right now at the, at the kind of deadline, it's not a deadline moment, unless there's a, a guy out there that they can acquire, you know, that has control, but more so into the off season, I think with this one. I, I mean, Alfaro again, I'm, I've not been high on Alfaro since, since we got him basically. Um, but I just want to run through some of the numbers since he returned on the 25th of May. And this is one of the points that each week I've kind of wanted to make, um, but we never got to. Um, he's hitting 288, 350 on base, 411 slugging. Those are good numbers. Yeah. And the thing that jumped out to me at first was that the, the walk, you know, the, the on base being significantly above his average. You get into the numbers and you realise he's been hit by pitch four times. That's more times than he's walked. Right. So that's why your that's why your pace is so special. As far as um, the hit in two eighty eight, looks like good numbers. And I, I last week I was gonna I've got the numbers here actually. I was gonna big him up and uh, he had the second best wall for the Marlins between Marte and Jazz. At that point, he only had two walks and four hit by pitches. And he was hitting 280 with 357 on base. 
The problem with all those numbers, that sounds like a top five catch-up in my book, mm-hmm. is he's got a 404 Babbitt, which basically means that every time he puts a ball in play, 40% of the time, it's a hit. That number will always, I'm, I literally mean it, always regress to 300. So we need to take 100 off the batting average. That's 188. We need to take 100 off the on-base percentage. That's 250. Oh, dear. Yeah. So we're in, he's we're in been in territory now. He's been incredibly <laughs> lucky. And the problem with Alfaro's is he strikes out. It, and, and you are right, Pete. The strikeout rate had come down. We were somewhere near the 26 at one point since his return. I think that was last week, which is why I was going to big him up. That's now moved to 30. If it keeps regressing, we get down to 33 or up to 33. That's where he's been for his career. When you strike out 33% of the time, that contact rate means that you need to be incredibly lucky with your BABIP to have a decent batting average. And that just won't happen forever. I think Alfaro's shown enough that he'll be with the team next year. Yeah. He's, you know, his arbitration number is, is not going to be massive. I think free agent catchers, good free agent catchers. I'm not sure who are, who's coming up next year, but if we look at what happened with James McCann last year, teams teams are going to be going to be <laughs> overpaying for that that value. There's nothing in the in the minors at the moment. Is there a trade option? I think that's probably option number one for the Marlins if we do move on from Alfaro. But I think I spoke before and said, Alfaro, this is his year to prove that he's a major league catcher. I think he's made the strides that I would say he is. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. What about you, Lee, just to round up on uh, on Alfaro? Yeah, yeah, I just say, for me, he's, you know, he definitely had has had his struggles. But yeah, since he's come back, you know, I have seen seen a slight change that, you know, you know, for, for, for me, going in into next year, he he should still be the the catcher. But they say if someone better does come along, you know, I wouldn't I, I wouldn't hesitate to you know, like you know, like to make a change. Yeah, yeah. We'll wait to see on that one. I I feel like Georgie's a a major league level catcher. Um, whether you would pair him with someone else, mm. you know, uh, you know, clearly it's it's been a, a problem spot for us. Just organizationally, it seems like a problem spot. So, you know, listen, it's it's an area they need to make some moves on, I think, and start to you know address that position in particular. Um, they made a small trade recently, I believe, with the I think Astros picked up some some guy I've never heard of, stuck him straight in AAA. I think he hit a couple of bombs. So, nah, you never know. They might have found something there. Let's, let's wait to see on that one. But, yeah, good topics. I mean, you know, the offense in general and the vets in general, um, it's just been too inconsistent, I think, Sean, isn't it? I think that's probably the best. It's really the mm-hmm. best word we can use. Um, and in many ways, Duval kind of, you know, is a microcosm of <laughs> this offense. <laughs> so hot and cold. Because Aguilar does the same. Aggie's done the yeah. same this year. He's been on the road hitting bombs day after day. Um, no one else helping him. And then he goes cold for a while and, you know, it is what it is. So, all right, guys. Well, I will round it up in my topic. So we've gone offense. We've gone pitching. Uh, we're now going to go um, off field slightly. 
not off piste, we hope, but off field. <laughs> and one thing we haven't spoken about this year on the pod, but you know, I think it's right that we start thinking about this and just seeing where things play out is, is what happens with Don Manningly this year or after the season is contract runs. Um, managing reigning NL manager of the year after a stunning 2020 how they pieced everything together and kept it rolling in a, in a 60 game sprint so you know it's a different type of year this year no doubt about it but um, I guess that we'll be looking at it through the lens of probably this will be a disappointing year in the way it ends in terms of the wins losses I think but you know Donnie's been around for a while Um should he be given the chance to see it through? Truly, like, was our window actually now? I'm not convinced that the team was set up thinking it was the window was now. Thinking maybe it's even next year or beyond another year, maybe. So, you know, do you want to let Donny see it through? Do you not? Is he the right guy? You know, now based on you know the way things are trending, I think there's a load of points to get through. But Lee, where you know. Where, where, is, where are things going to come down on this one? But equally, what's going to be the main factor or two that you think kind of play into whether Don Manning stays? I say it's really tough. I mean, to be honest, sorry, I, I hadn't really thought much, you know, you know, much about yet, you know, if he'd be, be back for next year. Mm. I say we, you know, we talked off it. We were sort of here in the same question in 2019 yeah. when his contract was up. And I think we all thought on this pod and sort of in general, we thought that, you know, he would be be gone, and we were quite quite surprised when when they announced, you know, just just before the season end, that 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 he would be be, be coming coming back. So, for me, obviously, then last year, obviously, it was such a great season. You know, like you know, a massive over overachievement, you know, for, you know, for the team, which maybe I think has set up you know full sort of you know expectations for this year, which is making. You know, you know, this season see more, more sort of worse. You know, you know, like a down and downbeat than it might. You know, it might be if, if we we hadn't had such a, you know, like yeah, like a, you know, a good run last year. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you know, how much of that? You know, you know, do we we blame Donny for for that? You know, I mean, I I, I can't say he's done much wrong in terms of like you know, he, you know he, he's management at times. You know, he's, he's been okay. Uh, you know, he seems well. You know, he's, he's well liked. I, you know, like by like the rookies. Uh, you know, I think obviously he's got the he's got the Yankees the Yankees connection. You know, you know, with Jeter. So, I mean, do they move on? I mean, it's, it's really tough to say. Obviously, I mean, obviously we, we 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 don't know what what the record will will be. Obviously, come come like you know September. If we carry on on this down, you know, like downward trend. Well, what, what, what we have eleven games under. Mm-hmm. If say we're going to end then twenty game games under twenty twenty five games under again, then maybe they they will look look to make a move now and and see see this season you know as a disappointment because I mean, even though you know, you know maybe we 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 did get a bit you know like you know carried carried away you know on 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 here thinking you know eighty wins or so. <laughs> I think if we do. <laughs> If if we do only end up with sixty five or something like that, it will be a huge letdown. I think you know, you know, like coming off last year, you know, you know, like whether the window was open this year or not, you know, is another question. 
you know, it, it probably wasn't, you know, you know and, and we, we, we were basically off last year, so, you know, we had a fluke season that, you know, it was just so, so strange, you know, all around. But, yeah, so all in all, I think I, I can see him going after this year, you know, and maybe, you know, maybe move, you know, like moving on to somewhere else, you know, you know in the organisation, you know, upstairs or something. Mm-hmm. But, so yeah, I, if I was to say right now, I, I think 60, 40 that he will be, be gone and we, we have a new manager in 2022. Okay. Sean, where are you yeah, seeing it's, this it's one? a really interesting topic. Um, so, so Matt Ingley's not as old as I had probably initially thought. He's only 60, <laughs> which, for, which for a manager isn't, isn't young. So I think we can take retirement off the, uh, off, the, off the docket. So there's a mutual option for the team. Um, for for next year, and we've talked quite a bit about windows as far as winning windows, and I think that's an interesting topic. If you look at the the way the team's constructed, and you say, right, Sandy, Pablo, both got three years of arbitration. That's a window. When you're number one, two pitchers, uh, cost control for three years, and you're probably not going to sign either of them past that. That's a window. After that, Rogers will be in his first year of arbitration. What does a pitcher look like? Does Sixto turn it around? All these studs in the minors, they're coming up. They're going to be probably, but after that three-year window, they're going to be in their minor years and their early arbitration years. That's another window. If the Marlins keep Donny for next year, I think you have to say you get the Sandy Pablo window. That three-year window is now yours. You can't sign him to 2020. You can't take that option on 2022 and then go, right, we're going to bring in a new voice, a new guy in 23 and 24. I think that just gets too convoluted. So I think I think it'll be interesting. The team is going to either say, we want this new voice, we want this new direction for this three-year window uh, and then potentially beyond. So I don't know. I think um, Lee was... Spot on in the sense of in 2019, we all thought he was a goner. The, the extension, I thought, not only was a surprise, was probably the wrong move. I think overall, I think I was I was wrong. Donnie's done a great job with the team. Um, not just the results making the playoffs last year, but just the way he's gelled a, a, a young team together, the way he's he's directed them um, into, you know, it's tough sometimes to lose lots and lots of games. And you need that kind of manager, that kind of guy that can gel a team together alongside the veterans that we've got, Miggy and, and previous guys in previous years as well. Ultimately, I think that, I don't want to say the game has passed him by, because I think that's, I think that's unfair. What I would say is he's a character manager and he's great at it. And I think he's, he's great with a team that are rebuilding. Mm-hmm. And I think he could easily get a job at another team that are in that window. As far as a competing team, I just don't think his in-game management is there. I think ultimately there will be a fresh voice I think it will be um, probably somebody already in the organisation. We talked a little bit before about how, you know, 
Jeter brought in guys he knew. Relson was with the Yankees. They brought in Jorge Posada, the ex-catcher uh, for the Yankees. They brought him in as a special advisor. It, it, I think I remember there being a little bit of chatter saying, is he being groomed um, for the role? I think the, the next Marlins manager is in the building right now. Mm. Um, it's just a matter of, is it Mattingly or is it somebody else? Mm. Interesting topic, no doubt. And, you know, we're, we're kind of speaking without any real information or insights. That's, you know, hard to do as well. But I think when I, when I look at the way things played out, particularly with the James Rowson hiring and what his role was positioned as, I, I had the sense that he was coming in to work under Don Mattingly and the progression would kind of happen maybe both would kind of step up at the same time. And Donnie, like Lee suggested, may you know, go into a slightly different role perhaps. But now I'm kind of dwelling on that and looking back and looking at what the Marlins are doing right now offensively. And I'm thinking, this offense is absolutely terrible. It's absolutely terrible. And listen, James Rousen's forte is hitting. He's, an, he's the offensive coordinator. And, and the offense is shocking. So... I'm not convinced that I'd really want to, you know, be pumping Rousen up to that role. And if I'm completely honest, like I, I love Donnie. I think the respect levels he has across the game is, you know, is second to none. Um, I think he's a steady, steady manager. Do you know, like not an emotive guy. You don't get a Don Mattingly on press conferences lo completely losing it or any of that that goes on. Some of the other guys are very emotive struggle to keep the balance. You don't get that with Donnie, which I think is over a 162, probably what you need in many ways. And I'm just not convinced I would hand it over to James Rousen now after seeing this Marlins offense this year. And I know it's linked to injuries. I know it's linked to the personnel you've got to work with. But listen, you've got you've got guys there that should be hitting better and and they aren't. And the offense has not been good enough, truly. So where do I sit on it? I think Donnie gets an extension. There you go. And I think you, the point you made I think, was, was a great one, Sean, that you'd like to see him get the window. You'd like to see him get that. Listen, Donnie, this is your quarterback now. You, you were aligning you to this quarterback. Go and make it happen. I think that's a great idea, to be honest with you. And just go, listen, you've got a three-year window now. Window's wide open. We need to kick on to the next level. What tools do you need to take it that level? I don't know. Interesting one. Guys, yeah, as, well, like, as, as, as well, though, you know, like we're with Don, as we saw, though, you know, something that Sean you know, touched on, he's great. We're like a rebuilding team, but they're not going beyond that. The Dodgers, you know, they were obviously in, you know, they weren't sort of, sort of you know, you know, rebuilding in the same way that we were, but they obviously had their down years. He came in, you know, and then they, they, they couldn't quite, quite, you know, get, you know, get, get over the hump until he left. Mm. You know, so, so he, he missed out on that window. So it, it would be a shame if, if we sort of, you know, you, you know, make a change, and then I like, go on a run, you know, and 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 like, you know, you know like, he misses out out again. But I say, you know, that, that I mean, that is a tough, you know, you know, choice to make now, you know, like in the off season. You know, you know, and see which uh, which way. And of course, the question is, 
in baseball, how much difference does the manager make? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I've, I've you know, I've seen that that sort of sort of talked about for years. Particularly if the rules change too, and you you know mm. the DH comes in next yeah. thing is, you, I mean, what is a manager? Yeah, when there's, when there's a DH, I mean, what do you do? You just there yeah, to keep you, the room, you know, you know, in baseball more, you know, you know, more than most sports, it's it's the talent, you know, on the field, you know, you know, you're like a lot more than than anything else. Yeah. Yeah. With that being said, I mean, and and the other thing, you know, to be mindful of is, you know, what does Donny want to do? You know, it's. Yeah. You got to, you got, you know, takes two to tango, right? And does Donny want to? Does Donny want to stay? Does he want to mm-hmm. take some time off? Does, you know, whatever. So, yeah, we'll wait to see on that one. I think it's going to be. Listen, there's a lot of topics that are coming up this this next couple of weeks in terms of Marlin's coverage is going to be, it's going to be wild. Mm-hmm. I think because so many things are in scope right now, where players could be moved. Players could be traded. Players could be acquired. There could. There's so much. I think. Listen, Kim will be going bananas on the phones right now. Jeter's going to be going <laughs> bananas on the phones. It's going to be, you know, it's going to be wild, no doubt. Everyone's going to be calling the Marlins clearly because they've got a lot of talent, but they're underperforming, and so that typically means you get a lot of calls. So it's going to be fun to watch, guys. I thought that was a real fun episode and a great, great concept and a great, a great uh, starter. Or entree for next week for our for our 100. So I'm really looking forward to that one, guys. Um, I think we will call it a day there, and all go and rest and think ahead to Tuesday. <laughs> um, so let's let's call it there, guys. Uh, that was a lot of fun. And thanks for the topics, and they were good topics. And we'll uh, we'll check in on them. Um, Lee, Sean, appreciate it, guys. We'll be back. Um, so this will be going out Thursday. We'll be back on Tuesday with the big hundred. So we'll look forward to that. In the meantime, uh, let's hope we we sweep these nats. You know, a four game sweep would just be the would be the tonic <laughs> right now. Those nats are hot, so I'm not sure that's mm-hmm. going to be uh, achievable. But you know, baseball's weird like that. The nats swept us when they were terrible. Um, let's hope we sweep the nats when we're terrible. <laughs> um, in the meantime, stay safe, everyone. Go fish. <laughs>